0: Hello, live from Weftech 2021 in Chicago. I'm Amanda Holloway, host of Solving Water Asylum Podcast. And whether you're a longtime listener or new to the podcast, I'd like to welcome you to this special series about wastewater technology, management, and infrastructure. I'm excited to be back here, and I've got a great roster of guests lined up for you, covering topics ranging from advancements in treatment technology to how the industry is adjusting to the new norm of ongoing natural disasters and weather events. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Amanda Holloway with Solving Water, and I am here at Weftech 2021 in Chicago. And joining me now is Matt Latino, Vice President of Investor Relations for Xylem, first time guest on Solving Water. Welcome.
1: First time guest, long time fan, so thanks for having me, Amanda.
0: Why don't we just start by having you give our listeners an understanding of what you do?
1: Sure. So uh, I'm Matt Latino, I head up our investor relations group, which sits within our finance organization at Xylem. We kind of manage the relationship with our shareholders, so the owners of the company, and also with the rest of the investment community. So we have people that cover us and write stories or write reports on us called sell-side analysts. So we manage the relationships with them as well as the, the investors and you know, try to make sure that everybody's got the same amount of information to make decisions around owning the Xylem stock.
0: Okay. That's helpful. So then maybe, especially for my benefit, but can you give us a little background about Xylem's current investor community?
1: Sure. We're really fortunate to have a really supportive and long-term shareholder base. And so what that means is that you've got people that own that stock. And so of our, we have about 180 million shares that are outstanding in the world today. About 90% of those are held by big institutions like firms, pension funds, banks, other institutions, and they've got about 10% that are held by folks like you and me, retail investors or employees or some of the board members. And so you've got this kind of array of people that are stakeholders for you, right? That, that are looking to understand. And, and for, for some, it's about retirement, right? It might be part of your 401k or it might be part of a pension plan for others it might be just a investment gain. like it might be something that they want to invest in and they're looking for it to appreciate over time and so they're when they're making a decision around us right now we're trading somewhere in the $125 you know range so they're looking at what is our ability to generate more earnings, more growth, more revenue over the foreseeable future that they can, that $125 that they're going to pay today is going to be worth even more, you know, down the line. It's pretty interesting now that we're in our 10th anniversary month, right? And so that in a couple of weeks, we'll celebrate that. If you had invested $100 in the Xylem stock at the time of spin, That's worth about $560 today. And so if you had done that same $100 for the S&P 500, just the broader market, that'd be worth about $350. Wow! So there's a big difference, right? That's the value that we've been able to create as a company that's pretty powerful. Something for us to really be proud of, you know, over the course of 10 years to generate that return, it's pretty special.
0: I mean, it sounds amazing and this community of you know you talked about the percentage of institutions versus individuals investing Has that been pretty much the case since spin or has it kind of changed the makeup of that group changed over time
1: in terms of the institution versus the retail and employees that's that's stayed pretty much like the majority is institutionally held and then you've still got a smaller percentage that's retail and that's what's different between us and say like an apple who has a lot of people a lot of generalists but people that have a strong retail base what's changed within that 90% has been that we've really changed as a company where we were trading kind of at a discount we were like a value play people are like oh we could you could own them because they're only at about $25 or $30 to now we have more growth investors so people that see that revenue growth and they're like wow this is something i could really get excited about and because there's a lot that's happening within that sustainability focus and around, you know, what we're doing, you know, in terms of also creating some beyond economic value, some of that, that environmental and, and societal impact is also something that's become a bigger focus area for, for investors.
0: Sure, I mean that was gonna be kind of one of my questions today for you is is it just that water has taken more of a center stage in terms of just with climate change and everything happening in the world and the fact that water is essential to life is that what's driving more investment or what are those factors basically
1: yeah so it's been really interesting that change over the last that last 10 years so you think about where we are now it's like mainstream media attention right so like CNBC doing spots on on water waters traded as a future right on the nasdaq things that were not really contemplated back when we spun out and we were like kind of the first pure play company that was playing in the water space now all of this is like water is kind of center stage these were things that were they were prevalent right like we had scarcity issues 10 years ago we had scarcity issues a long time ago right but now, increasingly, there's even more attention on these things. And I think investors are more attuned to those issues now, too. So beyond just wanting to get a company that like has strong fundamentals, good finance, they hit their metrics, like that's important, you know, first and foremost. But two, they also want somebody that's doing well by doing good, right? Something we talk a lot about here, which is that you can also create other value with investing in, in Xylem, right? And so a company that's doing it the right way is also what this this group of ESG or environmental, social, and governance investors are looking to get out of their investments is that, yeah, these are companies that I want to be a part of because they're doing it the right way. They're creating value, they're, they're growing, but it's also that they're growing in the right areas.
0: Tell me a little bit more about the ESG factor as driving investment. Asylum.
1: Yeah, so so this was a big area of focus for us as we kind of pivoted a little bit of our strategy around IR in some respects I was fortunate we had some circumstances where my former boss left pretty abruptly before our last investor day and so I kind of got into the into the role got this opportunity and you know Patrick challenged me once we kind of made it official he said look it's great we're at like 17 or 18% of our shares are held by ESG funds or these kind of sustainability firms. Like, that's great. Get that to 25%. As a math guy, right? I'm like, well, 7% of 180 million shares, like Patrick, that's a pretty substantial number for us to like grow that. But kind of indicative of we have ambitious goals as a company to go and really you know, seek out what, what is possible for us. And so fortunately we've seen that rising tide of like ESG investing has been a, now it's like a mainstream thing. So now people are talking about it on media and they're talking about it. And we were a little bit ahead of the curve on that. And so a little bit fortunate that we had a really strong sustainability story. We had a strong framework already in place. It's already part of what we do. So it's not like it's something that some of the ESG investors will say, well, there's ESG where people are doing it and that's kind of like, it's nice glossy pictures in a sustainability report. And there's others who are like really living it and like you guys fall into that ladder bucket. And so we've been able to go from what was about 14%, I think in like 2015, when ESG was first kind of like taking shape. We were then at about 17 or 18%, like I said, in about 2017. Now we think we're upwards of about 40%. Wow. So it's been a massive run. And the reason why that's been important for us has been, in the course of the last couple of years, you know we've been going through a lot of change as a company. And so the digital side, in particular, is an area where adoption isn't happening in a straight line, right? It's not just, even though it makes a ton of sense, right? And we could put all these things in front of investors and they'd be like, why isn't everybody signing up for these right now? It does take time and a gradual uh, pace of adoption in order to get those things in place. We went through some challenges in 2019 where we had to keep resetting, you know, kind of expectations to the outside world in terms of here's what we're gonna deliver like this year and it kept being a little bit short of, of what the expectations are. Investors hate that. They want to be able to count on you know their companies and what they're going to deliver, but they stuck through it with us. Those ESG investors are long-term and strategic in nature, and so they stuck through that, that time. That's
0: awesome. I always wonder, I mean, personally, I always wonder, everybody's dealing with the impacts of the pandemic, right? So all businesses have experienced some pain over the last couple of years. So it's interesting to me that the investment community Will still be like you need to still hit your numbers. I mean, yeah, we're trying. Everybody's trying, but don't they all get it's together and say, "Hey, I mean, pretty much the whole world is going through this right now. Yeah. Maybe we should change our expectations a little bit." But yeah. that's not how it works.
1: Well, they want their cake and and need it too, right? There's some of the. The toughest graders that we probably have as as stakeholders right because they will be tough on us they will have tough conversations with us about this i think that one of the special things that we saw through the course of this was that even though they would kind of provocatively ask us about things or they'd push us on certain topics about where we were going or how, how quickly can we get there, right? The, we love the vision, but like, what about the execution to get there? They still stuck through with it. They could have exited, right? So a lot of like the shorter term, you know, investor base would say, we don't have the patience for this. The utility industry is not gonna adopt it quick enough for anybody's like, and we would probably say that too. It's not gonna happen as quick as we want it to, but they like what we've what we've put together. And there if there's gonna be a winner after this, right, in terms of digitization of the water sector, they believe it's gonna be xylem because of what we've put in place. we made the right moves there, and that's been what's kept us resilient. So one of my favorite times during that period was we had a large investor that came to us and was like, you guys have reset the bar so many times this year, right? This was one of the tough conversations. And they're like, any other company that we are invested in, they'd be down 30%. You guys are up 25. Help us make sense of that, right? And so the thing that we kept coming back to was like, look, there is a substantial shift in terms of what investors are looking for in this, and it does center around those ESG criteria and, and what we're doing as a company, and it's made a difference in terms of what you have with a base that you can really rely on. Now, you still got to deliver to them because they don't have patience forever for you to like keep resetting the bar, but as long as you set out a good strategy there, they're very supportive of what you're doing.
0: That's awesome so we just had investor day recently which congratulations what a wonderful (laughs) event but we had some really cool announcements as part of that and you know just kind of building on this discussion on esg can you talk about that for our listeners
1: i think you know investor days are an important time for us to give a long-term strategic update and we only do them periodically so this was one that had been a long time in the making. You know, typically we do these every every other year, and now this one had been about four years since our last one. So investors are looking for those long-term financial updates, right? So like, what's your framework that you believe you can hit over the next several years? But we also, I think being that we were we have been looked at much more as a sustainability you know company and holding for for a lot of investors we felt like it was also the right time for us to come out with a net zero commitment and talk a little bit about that as well because sustainability isn't just like another part of a strategy or it's like this parallel thing it's deeply embedded there so when you look at the speakers we very intentionally had all of the speakers that that talked on investor day all talked about here's how an example of an impact that my business is doing. right so matthew pine talking about it in applied water systems right Hayati talking about it in water infrastructure colin talking about it in mcs very different technologies, but all driving at an impact was sustainability. So sustainability came through loud and clear to people as a as a key theme. And net zero was a nice commitment that investors have been kind of pushing companies towards, for us, we already had that framework that was already you know well in place. And we get a lot of kudos for that. But making that commitment was also a substantial move because you've seen it, especially in Europe, where they're committed to driving a lot of their greenhouse gas emissions and other you know kind of next tier of sustainability. They're already right, there. Like and that's going to come. Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah. So just to be specific, in case... You didn't catch investor day. What is the actual net zero goal?
1: Yeah, so we committed to being net zero before 2050. And so we think we'll do it much sooner than that, right? But there's a lot that you have to think about from a, you know, we've got a pretty good handle on our own emissions and, you know, how what our own impact is, even our suppliers too. But then as you go beyond that right into the next scope, it's a little bit harder to track and to get everybody kind of swimming in the same you know, direction there. And so more for us to do, but the commitment was really what's important because you saw how serious we are about, about getting there. That's an important piece that it's not greenwashing when we do it, right? It's not just the nice glossy sustainability report. It's actual metrics. It's actual things that you guys are driving at with customers that makes a difference to them and to and to us to all of us so that was exciting i think the other thing with investor day that uh, came out was the digital piece right something that we talk a lot about you know within the company but certainly in the in the series here right of how we think about digital which is beyond just all these software technologies that are really interesting and kind of sexy you know what we've added to the portfolio but it's like the pumps that have integrated technology, it's sensor technology or analytics equipment that have you know can feedback through a communication protocol, all of these things are also digital. There's a wide spectrum there. And right now the the portfolio is at about 35% of the business that's uh, that's digital, we'd call it digital, and we're with a goal to go to 50% or higher by
0: 2025. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Um, what about corporate social responsibility where where does that factor into what you do
1: So it's it's certainly become a bigger portion now I think a few years ago like even when I started in the role there was always a um, kind of aspect of this that was kind of there and like kind of a feel good I remember we had a large investor that when we would do our annual outreach with them and just catch up on all these things that were governance related or sustainability they'd be like great tell us more stories about how you're solving water for kids in Africa right and like it went from that one year to then the next year we thought it was going to be like that conversation again and they were like Okay, great. We'll stop you right here. We have an office that we've set up in London now that's gonna have more questions for you. It's a much you know, more significant piece of what we're looking at. And that was kind of eye-opening for us to see like this movement is happening and it's happening with even the big institutional investors. Like this is important and it's coming. And so we've got even more so you've got to raise the bar on you know, our messaging, our goals, all the things that we're striving to do we've got to execute on those.
0: What about like attracting talent and retaining great employees right? Because the thing we talk about often is not just our solutions, but our people, the expertise that we have. I mean it's just unparalleled. Does that play a factor in what you what you do in investor relations?
1: Yeah, so it does a little bit of it dovetails into another area that I'm fortunate to have responsibility over. So we have a finance leadership development program, kind of similar to our engineering leadership development program. and operations leadership development program and some other LDPs that I'm sure are out there you know with the company. But we've started this group where they rotate through a year long rotation in different finance functions and so fortunate to have one that's been with us for the last year. He's been incredible. He Help was instrumental, Mike Pillow he was instrumental in helping us get through investor day. This is the second year out of college a lot of that recruited like when we go out to campuses to talk about that program the kids already know about xylem like we're already a household name for them because of the sustainability piece or because we're going to put on a watermark event or we're going to put on some other you know kind of volunteer element with with the university and it actually matters to them. Like they actually get really excited and really psyched up to do it. And they're choosing to come to Xylem over maybe some other large firms, great places to work, probably even higher salaries. Because they actually want to go somewhere that's like making a difference which i don't know maybe when we were coming out of college like i don't know that we would have thought about that like that way exactly but they're thinking like that's kind of the exciting thing to me that it's making a difference in terms of who we're getting and keeping you know here and so i think thinking always thinking about you know that aspect how we take care of our employees i know it's like a core piece too of our sustainability framework but it's really important. It makes a difference. It's
0: awesome. So, I'm sure in this recent investor day was probably one of your highlights just based on all the wonderful things you've shared with us today, but what is one of the most rewarding experiences you've had in this role to date?
1: Yeah, I I think there's probably a few that that kind of come to mind. I think it's a really unique spot within the company because you've kind of got to be knowledgeable about all of the different aspects of what we do even just beyond the financial side like I enjoy the financial you know piece but we've also got to know the business as well right and so I think when we have the opportunity to come and speak with our commercial folks here and like, they get really psyched about when they see things like Investor Day, or they see us on CNBC, or they see us, you know, doing other things like in the media. It's really exciting to be that, you know, be a part of that, and like kind of be a face to to that, you know, kind of external world. When I first started in the role, Patrick had said, you know, kind of think of you think of this in like a government parallel. Mm-hmm. He's of course kind of the president. Sandy or CFO would be kind of the you know vice president and this role is like the secretary of state. So like a lot of times they can't go out and meet with folks. They can't answer all the questions nor do they really want to, right? right? And so this is like the opportunity to actually interact and get the our story, which is so powerful in a lot of areas, but you can actually be that voice for a lot of our people who are like on the front lines doing like a bunch of really tremendous things but don't necessarily always get the accolades. So when you can talk about things like what we've done in South Bend or Columbus, right? Or what we've done in San Diego with like, with water reuse or somewhere else in the UK or in China, Like, you get the opportunity to highlight for those teams all of the good work they've done, and it's powerful, you know, both for the investor to hear it, but also then for our teams to, like, feel appreciated, I think, too, that, like, it's recognized and it's important even to the investment
0: community. So it sounds like this is, like, a a highlight of of your job is getting to interact with people as much as it is the math piece right yeah so how did the last couple years go for you how do you do ir virtually what were some of those challenges i mean i can't even imagine
1: yeah i think like a lot of us i lived on zoom and the phone for you know the better part of the last year and a half it was different in a lot of ways with investors. Fortunately with a lot of them we had built relationships before that. So it was kind of like keeping your friendship or your colleagueship consistent through through the course of that. But it wasn't it wasn't easy, um, because it requires a little bit of effort of like following up and making sure that we are connecting and, you know, making sure we're getting, you know, some of those times, you know, together. Otherwise it quickly kind of Everybody's in their own silos, doing their own thing in the middle of a pandemic, just trying to like get through this day, right? Get through the next day. And so it, it was it changed a little bit of how we do things because a lot of times, like even like at a show like this, we're just starting to get a few investors that coming back, and they come to learn and do booth tours and other things. It's hard to do that virtually. You don't get a Weftech experience by doing a Zoom call right? right you don't get a facility tour right of morton grove by like having someone come around with an ipad and walking through like you know john sir may's areas yeah. uh, uh, you know there. so it was tough to get a lot of those things that i really think are important and valuable for investors to like actually learn our business you weren't able to do so then you're there like thinking about well what are other media what other ways can we get this get this across and so even in like investor day we brought in a customer panel and so al did this phenomenal job with five virtual customers right and we cut up this you know interview five different interviews and people got a flavor for like okay how do people manage you know a business and like investors like that really meant something to investors who are trying to like understand when you say digital water what does that actually mean can you give me a real example of that because like i'm having a hard time thinking about it think about like trying to explain that almost like your parents right like when you say it's smart water well <laughs> is it smart water like what i buy in the convenience store Yeah, Or right. is it actually like act, like how do you make something smart and so it's it was challenging in a lot of ways but i think it it made for it you know us to find the benefits where we could the efficiencies how many people you could meet with how you could leverage us other things to try to try to get through this period
0: well and you must just be stoked to be i mean i'm like so happy to be here because it's a, an event, and I'm talking with you face to face. You know, and it, it's great to see people again and and just be totally. be out in the industry. So um, totally
1: agree. Yeah. So what's
0: next? You Investor Day is behind us. Like, what 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 are we working on now?
1: <laughs> so we've got um, in the immediate f- future, we've got earnings coming up in two weeks, and so. My calendars always kind of peak and valley, you know, around that earnings schedule. After we get through that, we always kind of view those type of events. Even ideally, Investor Day, if it wasn't like right at the end of our quarter, we use those as reasons to go talk to investors, right? Go target, you know, hey, we, know, we might not be in your funds right now we think we, re- we might be a good fit for you. And so we're thinking about how we can go and, and achieve, you know, more on the, you know, foundation of what we just laid out that might be interesting to people that just haven't heard the story you know before unfortunately that'll probably still be virtual in a virtual setting over the remainder of the year but but it's kind of an exciting thing too to just you know get out there and and tell the story I'm kind of like you like I thrive on the people you know interactions and the relationships that you can build it's so hard to do that in a zoom setting you know, and this, you know, like when you can actually sit down at a table and talk about, you know, and answer questions, there's a lot more that people look to, like, sit down with Patrick or Sandy or any of our other leaders and, like, really, like, look in their and, like, actually get to know them and get to know, like, how deeply and passionate everybody is about the company. And that, like, in person, that's so much more effective. But we we'll do what sure. we can. Yeah. Right.
0: I mean... These are the times.
1: Yeah, so. that's right.
0: So I just have one more question for you. This has been an awesome discussion, by the way. I'm so glad we got to do this. Me too, um, I would Thanks. love to have you back. But I ask this question of everybody that comes on Solving Water, and that is, what's the most important thing you've learned in the water business so far?
1: I think one of the really unique things about this sector is that you actually don't ever stop learning. This is this world that we live in i find even with investors we have to bite it off in chunks right and so unless maybe you're Alcho who is so knowledgeable and knows more than i will ever rasp, when you get to interact with people and like start to learn you know even more about like what's possible here's what what are we doing what are we seeing out there that's constantly changing too but also all the different areas that we're playing in. it seems like an endless world of it. So for investors, we almost have to keep it simplified because there's so much good we could we could unpack here, but we've got to keep it to like a few of the things that are really impactful. But when you get to learn from you know some people like like a George Hawkins right who just passed by or or from Al you get uh, interactions from other people in the industry or Austin right so Austin comes into the IR role and she taught a lot of us in that corporate like finance group like what it is to actually sell on the front line right like what actually matters here's how yeah you guys talk about it like this but in practice this is actually how you know what happens that's the type of stuff that i think is so fascinating to me is that it's just always evolving it's always changing and there's always more to learn within this industry and that that kind of keeps you coming back for more right it's not this stale industry that is like ah oh, it's kind of run of the mill you know kind of thing nothing there's like so much happening here that it's almost too much to even, you know, bite off.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. A huge reason why I'm so fortunate and happy to do these podcasts because I get to meet different people and everybody has a different response to what they've learned about the water business. And like, we just do so much. You can't even wrap your brain around it until you're like in it. So awesome answer. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, I Good. agree. <laughs> Good.
1: Well, thanks for having me. This was this is fun to talk through those those items, and yeah, I'd love to come back and you know, yeah, talk. Let's, yeah, let's let's have yeah. you back
0: in a few months, maybe early next year.
1: Yeah, sounds, sounds great. good. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thank you.
0: Many thanks to our listeners for tuning in today. I hope you'll come back and join us for the next episode in the two thousand and twenty-one Weftech series. More information can be found at the link in today's show notes, and please contact me at amanda.holloway at xylem.com or via LinkedIn with questions, feedback, or to be a guest on Solving Water.